The Google Podcast app is going away in April. Right now, I want you to take a look at the podcast app you're using right now. Maybe it's time for a new one. Check out podcastapps.com and try a new one for free right now. That's podcastapps.com. Welcome to Blue Mountain Village Voices. Hello, hello, and welcome to Blue Mountain Village Voices. Only a couple of days ago, Axe Blue Mountain opened their doors in the village. They're an indoor axe throwing space dedicated to showing any group size the empowerment, togetherness, and fun that comes with axe throwing in their facility. On the eve of their grand opening, Andrew spoke with Melissa Harrod, the co-owner and operator of Axed, discussing her business in South Georgian Bay, the opportunities offered in the region, work, life, and family balance, and so much more. We hope that you enjoy. P.S. Please pay no mind to any of the dings that you might hear in the background. We will be working out those kinks as soon as possible. Hello, Melissa. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Andrew. Thanks so much for having me. So tell me, what brought you and your family to the Blue Mountains and area? Well, I grew up skiing at Beaver Valley Ski Club. So Ah. I do have a history of being up in the area. However, the truth is really that we were weekend warriors. I have an enormous amount now as a parent of respect for my parents, the fact that they would pack us in the car every Friday to come skiing at Beaver Valley and then leave again on Sunday. The concept of that to me now is overwhelming as a parent. (laughs) So I give like major props to them. So I grew up skiing up in the area, but in truth, we didn't really spend time in Collingwood or spend time in the Blue Mountains or in Thornbury because we would go and we would ski and then we would leave again. But my mom moved up to the Ravenna area probably about 12 years ago now. And that really changed my exposure to the community. And I all of a sudden started to see all the opportunity that was here and all the overwhelmingly amazing things that are involved with being in Blue Mountains. And my husband, John, and I, when we got together, we both had individually the idea of wanting to move to this area. So of course, you know, the stars aligned for us in many ways. And that was one of them. And we just knew from the moment we got together that we didn't want to be in the GTA, that we wanted to be in a smaller community to raise our family. And this just hit every marker for us. And I think a lot of people, when they experience ski clubs or the resorts or those sorts of things, they have a great experience. But when they explore new areas like Ravenna, Beaver Valley, and they get to know that there's a deeper community here, it really adds to that attractiveness of a place to raise your family, live, work and play, doesn't it? Yeah, without question. There's so much charm to this area. There's so much possibility and there's just so much space. <laughs> you know, it's so incredible to be in a community where you feel like you could just let your kids run kind of crazy on the street. And there's all of those small town charms. I actually felt like we were on a set of a movie last night. You know, I I think the small town charm is such a draw for us. What did your kids dress up as? Prim, who is four, was a ninja. Ah. And Marlo, who is seven, was Hawkeye from the Avengers. Cool, cool. Before landing here in the town of Blue Mountains and launching your business, Axed, which I'm really excited to talk about, and there's some new news to share, what was your career path before this time? Uh, It was a wandering career path. I always end up falling back into the service industry. Uh, I've spent many years working in restaurants and bars. In fact, my very first job was at Kelsey's in Oakville, Mm. uh, which is amazing because they actually, those types of restaurants really can 
teach you the foundations of service and customer service and a guest experience down to the, your napkin has to be on the table to acknowledge your guests within a minute of them arriving at their table. Those types of really intense steps of service, which may in moments feel really overwhelming, but they really teach you the foundations of mm-hmm. how to give service. And that was amazing. So a lot of customer service in terms of restaurants and bars, but you know, I also can do wedding flowers for you because I was a florist at one point. I could support somebody in birthing their baby because I was a doula for many years. Really, really a colorful, varying (laughs) array of jobs. But to be honest, nothing ever really fit. They met some needs, but didn't meet other needs. And it wasn't until Axed came into our lives that I really found my passion. Oh, that's wonderful. That's what we all strive for, isn't it? To find our passion. Tell me, How did you discover axe throwing and what was it about that experience that made you and John decide we're going to turn this into a brand and an experience in a business? Yeah. So um, we went axe throwing with a group of friends. My high school group of friends gets together typically around the holidays and does some sort of dinner or outing. And in 2014, they invited us to go axe throwing, of which John and I had never heard of, nor had ever been, obviously. And we went into Toronto, we went to uh, the junction and we went to a very barren warehouse space. There were 25 of us. They charged us $50 a head. We were there for two hours and we left with grins from ear to ear. We couldn't believe how exceptional the experience was. Mm. We're both really competitive people. I was on the national freestyle ski team for a couple of years. And John is, you know, just a natural athlete and has done so much coaching and so much competitive athletics and the competition side to it was amazing. And then the business opportunity blew our minds. We got in the car and we very quickly started to crunch numbers. And by the time we got home, we realized that, wow, this is an amazing business opportunity. And the feeling that we had upon leaving stuck with me. And that's probably one of the biggest things about this business for me that I feel so passionate about is the feeling and the energy that it brings to people and the lingering impact that they take with them. I've seen you describe it in some of your conversations or even in some of your creative signage that it's something that brings people together in, I think, a way that is more than just maybe having dinner or something. Can you kind of explain why you think that it does bring people together so closely? Yeah. So our our company slogan is for a tool that's meant for splitting. It's amazing how it brings people together. And... I mean, we had that feeling when we went as a group, but it wasn't until I really started running groups on our Mm. own that I saw the power of it. And I can give one very, very distinct moment that stands out for me. When we had our little indoor throwing club in Thornbury, I had a, a single dad and his son come in. The son was probably about 11 and they came in together, you know, to have some fun. Neither of them had thrown axes before. I taught them both how to throw. They both started to land their axes. And then we got a little competition going. Now, 11 years old is kind of an awkward age. It's a bit of a transition place. Like you're not a boy, but you're not a man. And he came in with his dad to do something that has the perception of being really masculine, has the perception of you have to be really strong to participate, to have success. And the two of them started to have competition. And that kid was just as good as his dad. Mm. And you see the dad looking at the kid with kind of this like admiring and awe struck and look on his face as the child was 
quite honestly giving him a solid round of competition. And the kid, you could see him, his chest starting to puff up and you could see him, his head sort of lifting a little bit higher and him really, truly competing with his dad. And it was this incredible dynamic that existed. And when they left, they were in a different energetic state with each other. Mm -hmm. They were more connected. They had this different level kind of of appreciation and respect for each other. And they left quite honestly, like it was, I see people physically and emotionally shift and transform in our space. And one, that's a personal kind of connection with themselves. And two, it's a connection with the group because all of a sudden you have people that you don't think are going to be good or you don't think are going to have success coming across and being the ones who come out on top with great surprise, great delight, great enthusiasm by all the people that are cheering them on. It blows my mind. I always say there was so much more to this than just throwing an ax. For sure. I've had that experience once doing a high ropes course in a a team tournament. And I had to challenge myself to stand on a pole. And I typically, I'm not a fan of heights, but achieving something that I was fearful of and unsure about gave me this great sense of confidence. So I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And those things, you know, talk about a, a destination that wants to leave lasting memories. That's an experience that does that, isn't it? And then some. Yeah, Yeah. um, absolutely. And I really like to transfer that to Blue Mountain. I'm really, really excited about what that's going to do for the village as a whole. And I don't know that Blue Mountain really realizes what we're about to bring. I know the energy of our experience. I know the way that people feel when they leave us. And I'm really excited to quite honestly come and raise the vibrational energy of people in the village. Because people are going to leave us and they leave us on a high and they're on a rush and they are supercharged. And I can't wait for them to take that with them and spread it through the rest of the village. And I am excited to see how that actually plays out and what that impact looks like. You know, I can just picture people going into all the different amazing restaurants and bars and spaces and their dinner conversation is about axe throwing because they're all just pumped and supercharged because it was fun. Well, I guess you've gotten some previews of that because back when you were doing your mobile unit, we had some events here in the village with the mobile units. I'm sure you saw that kind of take shape in that form, but this is going to take it to a whole other level, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the mobile experience is amazing. And Blue Mountain Resort and Blue Mountain Village have been incredible in supporting us. Um, We've brought the trailer into the village for corporate team building. And then we've brought the trailer into the village from the village association to be offering it as an experience for, you know, just the guests that are passing by. And it was a great partnership because we were able to raise money for the mountain village association foundation. And it's so easy to ask for people to pay for something when the money's going to a donation that of course I was out there happily recruiting people to come and spend their $10 and throw axes. And people love ax throwing one because it's fun to participate in, but two, it's it's amazing spectator sport often have people on the side cheering and being enthusiastic and watching and it's a good fun all around. So yeah, Blue Mountain has been a, an amazing supporter of us, um, which is obviously incredible. We're really excited for all of the fun experiences to come. But before we get there, you know, we have a lot of listeners who are entrepreneurs. Many folks are, have either just started business or are looking to start a business. And I'm wondering if you could share your experience in starting a business in the town of the Blue Mountains. You know, what was that like for you? And did you have any challenges that you had to overcome? Oh, there's always challenges to overcome. 
starting a business in the Blue Mountains specifically. I mean, the amazing thing about the Blue Mountains, and I think this probably goes back to it being a small town community, is that there are so many entrepreneurs. And it makes me really excited because there's so many female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And those businesses love to support each other. And that is really amazing to me. I'm a big believer of you scratch my back and I'm going to scratch yours. And I really, really feel as though it takes a community. It takes everybody coming together to work together, to be doing everything they can for everybody to succeed. I do that in every aspect of my life. I buy my organic meat and vegetables from my friends that have a side road farms, you know, I hire catering companies that my friends own, you know, all of those things. Our best friends are the ones that cut our lawn. You know, all of these things are, are you really end up supporting people in their businesses and those people end up being your friends. It's amazing to be able to have those relationships with people. That is a huge component to the Blue Mountains. And for us, because we're an easy company to partner with, because everybody loves throwing axes, there's so many opportunities for us to be promoting and helping and supporting other businesses as well. So my experience in the Blue Mountains, I guess, from that perspective has been incredible and exciting. And we also just offer a new, fun, fresh experience. So people like us, which is yeah. a real win. Yeah, for sure. Well, you saw it uh, when you had your, your Thornberry Club, just how much both visitors and locals loved going there. And I'm hearing a lot of buzz about everyone's excitement level for your, your new, bigger, more exciting location. But I want to circle back. You talked a little bit about how many amazing female business owner operators and leaders there are in our community. What do you think is behind that? Why is our community one where women are thriving and really doing such a great job? Is there something that you can think about our community that's special in that regard or how that's come to be? You know, I really don't know, Andrew. That's a really good question. It blows my mind, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Like, I love it. I think women are incredible business owners. Maybe that has to do with the facts that there is just a different level of multitasking that women do. And that is not by any means meant to minimize men and their ability to multitask or the requirement for them to do so in their lives. And there's lots of family units in which there is a very even balance of childcare and work. But often a lot ends up falling on women's shoulders. And I don't know, maybe there's something in there that they just get the multitask requirement Uh, of an entrepreneur. I often feel like I'm a headless chicken, like I'm moving from one place to the next. You know, school pickup at 3.15 is really early in the day. But, you know, small town, there's not a lot of after school options. So that's just what you do, you know, and I don't know. It's a really, really good question. I'm going to spend time thinking about that a bit more. I feel grateful because it's an amazing network for me. Like some of my very close friends are very successful entrepreneurs and it becomes a very useful tool. And I have a local women's entrepreneur group that I'm a Mm -hmm. part of, you know, our only problem is finding a time for everybody to (laughs) But it's, it's amazing. And so having that resource and that network of people around me to be able to be like, to throw ideas off. And I end up being somebody that likes to really talk through things, probably a good female-based thing there. But I really do require talking through things, especially problems and whatnot. Yeah. And having that local resource group is amazing because you, know, you can just call them up and be like, hey, I was thinking about X, Y, Z, and what do you think? 
Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I have definitely observed with working with so many amazing women in the community that there's a sense of collaboration and sharing that is really special. And, you know, I asked the question because I find it is a a bit of a, a unique anomaly in our community, but I really believe that it is what helps us stand out and be as special as we are. So yeah, looking forward to expanding on that and supporting that going forward. I don't want to dwell too much on COVID-19. I think we're all pretty dialed in on the impacts and challenges. But you know, I think it's interesting because you, you know, we're here to talk a little bit about this exciting new location that you're opening here in Blue Mountain Village. Very large space, really great change. But you know, you're Thornbury business was very much disrupted by COVID-19. And here you are now doubling down and going bigger and better. I'm wondering if you could just share with us what it took for you to reorient yourself toward this focus on resiliency and growth in spite of all those challenges. I think it's really inspiring, actually. Thanks, Andrew. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, who are we kidding? COVID, like horrible. It just decimated everybody. Well, it's interesting. It either decimated your business or sent your business to the moon. (laughs) You know, it really seems to be one or the other. And yeah, I mean, it was awful. The Thornberry Club was really fun. It was such an amazing little space. We loved it so much. And we did have to close the doors because of COVID. Now, we were really lucky that we only had one month left on our lease. So we really came out really further ahead than a lot of other businesses did. And I do reflect back on COVID and I say to myself, maybe this is the only way that I've been able to sort of make it okay in my mind is to come from a place of gratitude and recognize how lucky we are that we were able to get out and our business did survive. And, you know, we didn't go bankrupt, which is amazing. And we had the trailer and the trailer was the way that our business started. Well, the trailer started because of you, Andrew, you were the one who said, you're opening up a throwing club. You need to do promotional stuff in Blue Mountain Village. And we went, how do you do that? you know, well, you build a caged and mobile axe throwing trailer and off you go. But that really ended up being the bricks and mortar that wasn't the bricks and mortar of our business. And so we always had that in the background. To be honest, we always knew that the Thornbury Club was a stepping stone to Blue Mountain Village. And not only to Blue Mountain Village, but specifically to the unit that we are in, because I don't Mm -hmm. think there's anywhere else in the village that we actually could have gone that would have worked for us. And for all the other businesses and, you know, condos and hotels and whatnot, we just took a big pause. We took a big pause and we, you know, hungered down and we focused on our family and it gave us, to be honest, a real bit of breathing room to be able to step back and focus on what we wanted the business to look like and where we wanted it to go. 
And I think the businesses that survived COVID were the ones that were able to creatively shift and creatively adapt and to recognize that there's multiple ways to operate and you needed to be creative within that. And so we did We also, I felt it was important to be respectful of what was happening in the world. And, you know, if you go back through our social media, you will note a dramatic decline. One, that was probably because I just didn't really know what to say. And two, because it didn't feel appropriate to be promoting our business in a time when people were in crisis and in time where people told to isolate and stay home and do all of those things. And when we were at a place where things were slowly starting to open up, we started to be creative and we shifted. Instead of offering a minimum two-hour experience, we offered a one-hour experience for groups of 10, which is not what we normally would have done because you know, getting the trailer set up and ready to go into the location is our time and our time is our money. And that's important to always remember. But at the same time, throwing axes was a really great safe way for people to be able to have fun together. So it was amazing when we were able to start offering that again. And then we shifted. We own three quarters of an acre in Thornbury. And so we were able to have the trailer parked on our property. And we also started inviting people to come and throw at our house. And, you know, I'm sure that would have only gone on so long, so well with the neighbors. Um, (laughs) For the time that we did it, it worked really well. And so I think in the end, it really was just about one, being respectful for what was going on in the world and honoring that. And two, just being able to creatively shift. Yeah. And I think where you best practice that, that you have been able to sort of leverage is you opened your business with multiple channels. You had your mobile unit. You did have a brick and mortar for a while. You were doing group business. And I think, you know, you were able to lean in on the channels that were available to you. And I think that was a really smart approach at the very beginning, which actually helped you be more resilient. So I think yeah. that's something, you know, something to think about for the future and for anyone listening in, you know, the more multi-channel you can be, the more uh, pathways you have when things change or evolve or the need arises. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things I've learned as an entrepreneur is that you write your business plan, you plan your business and you think X, Y, Z, this is the way it's going to be. And then you get into it and you're like a hundred percent the other direction. <laughs> and I think it's really, really important to recognize, to be fluid and to be flexible within that and to say, okay, you know what? Yeah. My idea is that it's going to be like this. And I also need to see how that plays out. And we need to be able to be once again, flexible and creatively adapt. And I feel that way about Blue Mountain. I feel that way about the village. And as much as we're setting it up to operate in a specific way, because we think that that's going to be the best way based on three years of experience of almost four years of running this business. And that may not be the case we may need to and likely will creatively shift the way it goes and not being set in stone on things. You have to be fluid. You have to be able to roll with what comes at you. And that's the only way I think you really do have success. I think it's, it's really baked into the DNA of the village and our whole region, really, because when you're a visitor-driven or an experiential-driven economy, you're always adapting to tastes, consumers, shifting dynamics, seasons. So it's like building a muscle. It's always there. And as long as you keep building it and, and working on it, you can leverage the strength that you have. Tell me, what can folks expect out of the new to location here at Blue Mountain Village? Maybe give us a, just a primer on how is it shaping up? They can expect their minds to be blown 
away. <laughs> so that is what I'm saying. We're currently obviously in a process of hiring right now. And that is what I am telling our team members. My intention is for every guest, whether they've thrown axes before or not, to walk out of our space saying, what just happened? Oh my gosh, that was not what I expected. So we are going to have six indoor throwing lanes. We will have a bar. Liquor license is causing us a minor hiccup in the moment, but that's fine. We'll have it in time for Christmas. So we're not concerned, but we'll have a bar so people can come in. They can have a drink. Our booking times are 75 minutes long. And so people will hopefully be doing the majority of their booking online. Mm -hmm. Once again, I reflect back on COVID and try to find the moments that have been positive. And one thing that is positive for us is that people now recognize that they need to plan in advance. And so plan in advance. You want to come throw access, book online in advance. Blue Mountain is also a very, very busy place. And people need to be planning in advance in order to be guaranteed to be doing the experiences that they want to be doing. So people will book online. Um, they'll do their waivers online. We, of course, have all COVID protocols in place. So there's going to be a check-in process and a screening process. They'll come down into our lower level area. And depending on the size of the group, they will get one or two or three dedicated coaches to their group. They're going to offer them safety, instruction, one-on-one coaching. And then everybody gets the opportunity to learn how to throw. And our coaches are going to dial the experience down for them. So everybody's landing axes and having an amazing time. Now, one of the other things that COVID has had us do is reevaluate our whole target system. Wood cost, as we all know, has gone through the roof. And the way that we ran our business before, the style of our targets has no longer become an affordable way to do it. So we have shifted and we have changed the style of our target. And because of that, we have changed our whole target system. And we now are not drawing on our targets anymore, which is what we would do before with a Sharpie, which was an enormous amount of labor. And we would go through the wood very quickly. So now since we've changed the design of our target, we're using a projection system. People will now be able to come in and throw at a regular bullseye, or they can play tic-tac-toe, or they can play connect four, or they can throw at zombies. Who doesn't (laughs) want to throw an axe at a zombie? Wow. That takes a whole new meaning to the content you can do for corporate retreats, doesn't it? I, not to mention it does really well with glow in the dark. You can expect a glow in the dark party coming down. Oh, wow. Melissa, that's exciting. Talk about fusing digital and physical experiences. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. It was obviously a larger upfront cost, but in the end, this all comes down to our guest experience. And changing the wood over really frequently is going to impact our guest experience you know, because then we're having to take out the drill and pull down a piece of wood and change the target, you know, hopefully not in the middle of a booking, but you know, sometimes that happens. And so this is totally changing the experience. And most of the people that come in are just coming in to throw axes and have a good time, right? That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for a larger competition. You know, there's amazing axe throwing federations out there. There's an international axe throwing federation who is looking to regulate the sport of axe Mm. throwing. And it's amazing and it's really, really cool. But those aren't our people. Our people are tourists that are coming to have a good time with their family and their friends or their kids and their corporate groups. And they just want to throw the ax. And who are we kidding? Throwing an ax at a zombie is a lot of fun. There's also some practical things in there for us that are really, really helpful. Our logo will be projected up above the targets. There's a countdown clock, which is really, really helpful Mm -hmm. for us because one of the biggest problems we have is people ending (laughs) 
<laughs> they have so much fun that getting them to wrap it up can be challenging. And when you're, you know, you're booking for a specific amount of time and you need to be respectful of getting people in and getting people out, that will be helpful. And then there's also a digital scoring. So we have spots for six different names and people can do their own scoring and keep track. And that's all digitally projected above the targets as well. So yeah, you're really, you're really enhancing the experience and, and providing oh. a whole bunch more. Yeah, that's great. I can't wait to go in there. Tic-tac-toe sounds like a lot of fun. The zombie too. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned recruiting and team building. And, you know, right now, every business is looking at the labor shortage and, uh, you know, uh, how to recruit the best and really create a, a great team environment. Can you share with us a little bit about what are your leadership fundamentals when you're building a team and running your business? Well, our business is all really based around people having a good time. So we really look for team members that are going to reflect that. We're looking for people that have a big energy, a big personality, that are comfortable dealing with a wide variety of people that can host a group that is a 10-year-old birthday party. And then the next group be a group of 12 bachelors. And the next group be the 65-year-old ladies who are from the book club who are looking Mm -hmm. to go... It's a wide variety of, of customer base that we have. And, and we're looking for team members that obviously, you know, be flexible and be able to just have a good time and be confident in front of everybody. But I think that like in terms of my leadership, I think that that good time really comes from the top. Johnny and I are all about having a good time in our space. And I, as much as maybe that doesn't sound like a leadership fundamental, for us, it kind of is in that we want our staff to feel comfortable and confident around us for that there to be a nice, easy exchange for communication. I want the flow to be easy. I want people to feel as though we're an open door, that we are approachable and that we're understanding because people are people and stuff comes up and life comes up and just being respectful of our staff and respectful of them having lives and respectful of them having ideas. We're really open to all ideas. I'm not closed off to say, well, this is the way that we're doing it. X, Y, Z, you will follow the rules. And of course, it's our business. We've got the bottom line of what happens. But in the end, it's all about being a team environment. And that means you need to hear the opinions and the ideas of all the team members and bring those things in and hear the perspectives. And I don't know if that necessarily falls into a leadership style, but we're kind of go with the flow. I'm a bit of a go with the flow kind of girl in most of the things that I do. And in the way that I work with our team is the same. Perhaps why I've hired somebody to be the staff manager, because (laughs) I end up maybe being a bit looser on the, oh, I can understand why so-and-so was late because X, Y, Z happened. And you know, I need somebody that's going to have a bit of a hard line. And you know what, Melissa, I mean, go with the flow is something that has worked for you. And so I think you can't argue with the results. And it seems like what you're doing is you're enhancing and growing, but not losing the spirit of you want to have fun. I often refer to it as living the brand, so to speak. So, you know, for us here at the Village Association, on occasion, we'll try to do meetings on the chairlifts in winter and talk while we're going up the hill and ski down and have some fun. You know, you have to experience the experiences that you offer. I think that's really important in tourism. So I think that's good advice for anyone. And I think for you, it's interesting to hear, you know, that you're, you're already looking at different roles that are going to round out 
what you as a business owner want to achieve. So, I mean, that's, that's the way you have to do it. Yeah, we're in this, I'm in this, we're in this fun place right now of the business growing so quickly. Up until this point, Johnny is incredible, but you know, he also has a side business that he has done for many, many years. And, you know, in the moments, aren't we so grateful that he had that? Cause in the moment where acts, you know, fell apart, we had another business to pay our mortgage. And once again, looping back around to gratitude here, you know, and he's amazing, but he does, you know, we each have our roles in yeah. business. He is currently at Axed building it out and I'm here talking to you. And, you know, this is my side to the business. And up until this point, I've done it all. You know, I built the website, I designed the booking system. I, you know, you name it, I did it. And I'm in this really fun and exciting place where I now am delegating. <laughs> I realize it shouldn't be such a novelty, but it feels like such a novelty that I ask somebody to do something. And then all of a sudden it shows up in my inbox and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. (laughs) That's exactly what I wanted it to look like. And I didn't do it. I know it's, it's so silly, but at the same time, it's such a revelation and it's so exciting for the business to have stepped up to the next level to be in a place where I can do that. Holy cow, what fun having a team around me and creating a team of people that I love, that are amazing people because they're amazing at their job and amazing people because I just like them. It's gratitude for your team and understanding the role that they play and how much fun you have together. I think that's the future of employment and that's the future of relationships with team members. So good for you. Yeah. And I think for recognizing for me is that, look, as an entrepreneur, you can't be expected to be an expert at all of it. It's impossible. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be really good at maybe a lot of it, but there are areas without question that I know other people are going to be way better at. And that's important to be able to say, not my wheelhouse, you take it. This is what I want it to look like, but you need to implement it. And I think for some reason in our culture, people still have a hard time with that. They still have a hard time saying, I'm not the best person for this. I need to rely on someone else. And I think it's something we all as leaders have to be really focused on modeling because we won't be successful if we don't acknowledge that and make space for others to contribute. Like you're not going to be good at everything and nor (laughs) should you be. That's great advice. I've got a few fun, quick questions that I want to throw at you. What is your favorite thing to do with the kids in the community and why? You know, I got to say it's pretty basic, but we spend a lot of time in Thornbury at the skateboard park. Ah, good. <laughs> I don't know that it's maybe my favorite thing to do with the kids, but it is one of the kids' favorite things to do. And the reason behind that is it is such a meeting place. The kids are social, obviously. Harlow, who's seven, like just needs people around him. He needs his friends. And he is also a super jock. He is incredibly athletic and skilled at all things he tries. And so he eats, sleeps, breathes. He would live at the skateboard park if he could. So we spend an enormous amount of time there. And I shouldn't say it's not necessarily my favorite thing to do because I end up having a fair amount of social time there as well. So if it's a sunny day and it's after school, you can expect to find us there. Uh, which is great because you get to connect with the community too, don't you? Yeah. Now I just need to find a way to vamp that skateboard park up. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the next phase of the, of the business plan. 
Where is your favorite place to take a local hike? We actually go to Clendenin Dam. (laughs) It's a good one and not as well known. It's really lovely. You get down by the water. You can go off to the right and go up on up kind of up on the ridge there. Mm -hmm. And it's five minutes from home. And that in my very, very, very busy life is incredibly appealing that we can be there in like no time. Go have a hike, go have a play with the dogs and wrap it up again really fast. And as much as there's amazing hikes, you know, a lot of them are kind of further away. And in my moment in my life right now, like I don't have time for an additional 20 minute drive to do a hike. It just doesn't happen. And how lucky are we that we have some of those great trails and parks so close by at at our fingertips, really? For you and Johnny, where's your favorite place for date night? I need, I don't have an answer because we don't go out a lot. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. So is it home? Is home date night? You know what? Uh, It's kind of true that home is date night. Pre-COVID, we loved going to live music. Mm. Uh, we were very fortunate to join in on Steve Vipon, the former Crow and Bruce Weinbar owner, used to do living room sessions. And so we happened upon those a couple of times where he would have live music in his living room. And there was like 40 people jammed in and just, and that was amazing. So for us, it really is about the music, if we can get it live music. And that's just starting to come back. That's right. I predict a lot more date nights to come as music comes roaring back. And that's also just like where we are in life, right? Like our kids are four and seven. So pre-COVID, they were like two and five. And a lot of our time, you okay, here we go. Here's the honest answer. Date night is Johnny and I in the car on the way to a trailer booking. And that's pathetic, but it's true. That was often when we would get to have one-on-one time together. When you're in a business that's tourism-based and events-based, you're all hours of the day. So as much as we love to go out and spend time together in a restaurant, and there's so many places I want to try, that just isn't the reality of our life right now. Like we are in the heat, like the heart of having young kids, in the heart of having a busy business. And it just isn't sort of the luxury that we have right now. So you carve out the time where you can, which is what it's all about which is in the car on the, right. on the way to Langdon Hall in Cambridge for a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All glamour in my life, Andrew. All glamour. I, well, listen, my car is my office now, so I totally get it. But no, that's great. And I thank you for answering that question, honestly, because you being an entrepreneur, running a family business is challenging. It takes a lot of time, a lot of passion. It's super rewarding but there are trade-offs and there are things you have to juggle and that's reality. But I think one of the things that we have going for us here is that we've got all those support systems around us. Like you said, you can make a quick five-minute trip to the skate park or the hiking trail. And I think that closer to balance can be found in our community. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's where a lot of those female entrepreneur friends who are also parents we kind of spoke a little bit on this idea of being an entrepreneur and not feeling the need to be good at everything or do everything. And there really is this idea in our society that people need to be an island. You need to do it all yourself. As a parent, you need to be able to manage it all. You need to be able to juggle it all. You need to be able to clean house and do all of those things and be successful at your job. And I think that is just so unrealistic. And there's a reason that all over the world, people live in community. People have defined jobs. You're the one that makes the meals. You're the one that takes care of the kids. 
You're the one that goes out and harvests whatever needs to be done. And we, we really, North American society really has this idea that you need to be doing it all on your own. And that's just not realistic. And I'm in this wonderful place right now where I have local friends who are also entrepreneurs. And it's like, can you pick the kids up from school? Sure, no problem. Great. When you pick the kids up, can you take my son with you? Because I have a real estate showing, you know, like people helping people. This happens on all levels of life, all levels, whether it's in your business or with your kids or in your community. You have to come together for people to be able to have success. It just, just doesn't happen in isolation. Well, that old adage, it takes a village has probably never been more true, or maybe it has always been true. I think one of the pieces of advice that I got really early when I moved to the region was there's a lot of great people here who are available to help and want to participate and get to know you. So let them in. I think when you're new to the community, it can be hard to do that. But the sooner you connect with people and let people in, the more enriched you'll be. So thank you for reminding us of that. I want to thank you so much for spending time with us today. We here at The Village and in the whole community are so proud of you and John and your team and so excited for what is to come and can't wait to collaborate with you and throw some axes really soon at some ghoulish zombies. Thank you, Andrew. As you know, I am vibrating on all levels right now. It's overwhelmingly exciting. And, you know, Blue Mountain has been in our vision for a very long time. So the fact that it's all actually happening before my eyes is overwhelming and so exciting. And we just can't wait to share our axe experience with people and um, get it going soon, very soon. Very soon. Well, stand by, everyone. Thanks for listening to Blue Mountain Village Voices, a production of the Blue Mountain Village Association. For more, go to bluemountainvillage.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.